Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Hey, an old friend may be making a comeback. I consider the Christopher Columbus statue an old friend. Uh, We are named after the Spanish explorer, after all, city of Columbus. I mean, we haven't had to change our name to Flavortown or any of the other lunatic suggestions that came up in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots in the summer of 2020. But we did take the Christopher Columbus statue down. The big monster statue that stood in front of the Columbus City Hall was loaded on trucks and taken away. Well, now... Uh, It looks like uh, Chris may be making a comeback. The city of Columbus is requesting bid proposals uh, to develop, ah, a balanced, historic, contextual material that could lead to the conditional return of the Christopher Columbus statute. And they have committed, I mean, if you're going to do something like this, right, you don't mess around. You hire a committee, right? You got to have a committee to study this. And they do. They have a special 14-member statue committee. Ah, wonderful. Uh, to research, develop, contextualize how we, as citizens of Columbus, Ohio, can display a statue of Christopher Columbus, who discovered America, Was that a racist statement that I just made? I mean, after all, there were Native Americans living here. Maybe they discovered it. I don't know. But the way I learned it in school, which I'm sure was wrong and racist, Christopher Columbus discovered America. So we're going to have to come up with a way to bring the statue out of storage. But we can't display it and laud Columbus for the transformative historical figure that he was. Now, this news comes at a time that intersects with a personal experience that I had over the last few days uh, while I got hit with this bug over the weekend, and I was unable to do some of the things that I normally do at home outside on the weekend. I have been hearing from a buddy of mine about this dramatic series on television called Yellowstone. For years and years. I know I'm late to the party, all of you Yellowstone fans. Aaron, are you familiar with the television show Yellowstone, starring Christian uh, uh, Kevin Costner? I have not seen it, but know of it. Okay, so Yellowstone is a name of a ranch in Montana, a mammoth, mammoth ranch in Montana. And Kevin Costner is the, uh, the, the guy who runs the ranch. It's his family's ranch, the Dutton Ranch, the Yellowstone Dutton Ranch. Thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. And the 
So I went all the way back to the first season I started watching this series. And the overwhelming storyline of the series is the Kevin Costner character is trying to preserve his family's ranch, and there are people who are trying to develop the land around the ranch to force him to sell them the ranch. That's kind of the story. And of course, in Montana, the people who want to take control of the land are Native Americans. And the series makes clear that Christopher Columbus was a very, very evil person. And so you have to, in the midst of all the beautiful scenery and all the crazy storylines, and by the way, it's a very uh, vulgar uh, it's not it's not for kids, okay? Don't 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 sit your kids down to watch Yellowstone. Not even sure if you're an adult with delicate sensibilities you should be watching Yellowstone. But I have a buddy who watches it and I want to commiserate with him, you know, on another topic other than what we normally talk about and I thought, "Okay, I got time. I'll watch a couple episodes of this thing." So <laughs> it is amazing to me how in our country and here locally with this Christopher Columbus statute, that we have enabled and allowed a narrative on Columbus that we do not apply to any other historical figure in history. In history, right? Christopher Columbus is evil because he sailed to the New World and he brought modern methods of development to the new world. Now, the Native American people will tell you, and the wokesters out there, I'm sure there's people in the history department at Ohio State and other schools in central Ohio right now driving off the road as I say this, that Christopher Columbus enslaved people and that he exterminated people and that Columbus coming, the white man coming to the new world, was the height of injustice. Well, I actually don't disagree with that particular characterization if you would allow that every other society in the history of mankind has done the exact same thing. (laughs) Read Any book of history in the Old Testament, read Kings, read Chronicles, read Exodus, read any of the history books in the Old Testament, and find out how many different nationalities were warring to take each other's land. Read the history of Native American tribes in the United States. All the different tribes, and which ones survived and which ones did not. And that was the way of the American frontier, as it is the way of Europe, as it is the way of Asia with Genghis Khan and others. That is the way of humanity, is that the stronger conquers the weaker and asserts its will upon them. In a perfect world, that wouldn't be how it works. But the world is not perfect. And when you are attacked, you either submit or you respond. And if you respond and fail, then you are eliminated. And if you respond and win, 
then you have conquered someone, perhaps voluntarily, perhaps involuntarily. So I find the whole narrative on Columbus and our city having to be ashamed of Christopher Columbus' legacy to be completely nonsensical and ludicrous. And I've spent a fair amount of my adult years, the last 20 years, in the state of Arizona, where there are many, 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 many Indian reservations. Now, I do not deny the presence of myriad problems on America's Indian reservations. The alcoholism, the hopelessness, lack of employment, and all those things. But at some point in time, does it ever become a matter of individual choice? If someone in that life really wants to escape and get out, will they face discrimination? Yes. Most likely. Man is an evil person. Man, the heart of man is sinful. Desperately wicked. Okay? This is not the exclusive purview of Caucasians to have wicked hearts. It is the lot of man to have a wicked heart. But I believe, because there have been many stories of it, many demonstrations of it, that if you want to work hard enough and refuse to see yourself as a victim, you can persevere over most, if not any, challenge as an American citizen. The fact that there are Indian reservations, the fact that there are Indian casinos, the fact that there are advantageous positions given to Native Americans in terms of establishing businesses and commerce that are not given to non-Native American citizens is a measure, is a clear demonstration of America's compassion that no other nation in the world gives to people who are nationalities who are different than the dominant nationality and ethnicity in that country. We are unique. We are unique in that we do not annex land we conquer worldwide. We free people, we liberate people, and then we give it back to them. So I find this whole discussion around Christopher Columbus and the 14-member committee and the fact that they have to come up with and find a consultant specializing in the research and development of narrative content, a display, and associated community learning opportunities for the purpose of public education that would develop contextual information about Columbus that would include information on indigenous communities and their history and blah, 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 blah. It basically will be everybody was evil and we should give the land back. We feel really, really bad about it. We're sorry. I just find it all to be so dishonest because, I mean, if you really want to give it back, you can. You can, you can sail back to Europe. You can try to make your lot there where your ancestors came from. No, sorry, I have a vacation home in North Carolina that I really enjoy. I mean, come on. There's just no authenticity in this discussion. None at all. And I refuse to be a part of it and mourn for the fact that our city is named after someone who did 
well, or let's just be honest, better, who did better what everybody else in his era was trying to do. That's why we're here. I have much more peace owning it than I do denying it and trying to apologize for it as disingenuously as the people who are engaged in this endeavor are going to try to do. Uh, The President of the United States uh, made a sleepy appearance before the cameras this morning, squinting into the teleprompter, trying to read copy that it seemed like it was just too small for his vision. And as he finished, uh, he was asked a series of questions by the assembled media. Uh, This will be good. Let's have a listen. Mr. President, can I have a message for vaccinated Americans who are wondering why they should continue to restrict their activities given that your health officials say most Americans will get COVID at some point? Folks, we'll talk about that later. Come on. Why should Americans trust your administration to be COVID when the virus is still in the world? Do you think the Republicans would go for the white right? The virus is still in the world. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Mr. President, we believe all the trouble is the beginning of the end of this pandemic. Man, that is bad. He's just sitting there. He's just sitting at a desk in the faux White House, across the street from the real White House. The assembled media is shunted out of the room. I don't know why he couldn't get up and leave, or why he wouldn't get up and leave. He didn't appear to be, like, cognitively there today. He was really stumbling bad over his words today. And this is a delicate position to be in. He is the president of the United States, so you have to have um, the leeway to critique what he does, how he does it. His approval ratings are plummeting. Plummeting. They are headed toward the 20s. He has completely lost the Hispanic vote. He is losing larger and larger portions of the black vote. This impenetrable Democratic coalition that they thought they had put together after Obama's election in 2008 is deserting them because you could hide him in the basement during the campaign. You cannot hide the president. He has to come out. He has to appear competent. And some of his policies... Some of them actually have to achieve results. You can only spin an epic humiliation in Afghanistan so many different ways. You can call it an extraordinary success. All people see are more than a dozen dead service members and Afghans dropping from airplanes in the sky. You can say that your southern border policy is compassionate. All people see are migrants hoarded under a bridge in the hot sun and others scurrying across the desert in Del Rio, Texas, or crashing into American citizens' cars while trying to elude Border Patrol. Little kids, human trafficked, drugs flowing across our border, fentanyl killing Thousands of Americans. That's what they see. You can tell them 
that the climate crisis is an existential threat. The threat to gasoline prices skyrocketing, costing real Americans between 10 and $20 out of their wallet every time they fill their car with gas over what it cost them a year ago is what people see and what they remember. You can tell them that the shipping crisis is fixed because now we've mandated the ports stay open 24-7, 365. It doesn't make the empty spaces on the shelves in stores go away. The old adage, a picture is worth a thousand words, is true. And the thousand words at the border in Afghanistan, at the ports, on the shelves, and I haven't even gotten to COVID yet, tell a tale of ever-increasing woe. And so that is why you see the ostensibly most powerful man in the world sitting at a phony Oval Office desk, his head bowed, questions being hurled at him from reporters, and he sits there in a prison of his own incompetence, unable to respond. Because what could he possibly say? What can he possibly say to convince Americans that he has anything, anything under control? Do you have confidence in him when he gets on a conference call with Vladimir Putin about all the thousands of Russian troops assembled at the border of of the Ukraine? Do you have confidence in Joe Biden to win that confrontation on the phone? Do you have confidence that He really does have something up his sleeve to hold Vladimir Putin accountable for that should he invade Ukraine. Do you believe that Joe Biden is smart enough to outfox Chairman Xi of the Chinese Communist Party? Do you believe that Joe Biden really does prioritize your health and well-being? Or do you believe that everything he does is either a creation of his own ineptitude or an order that he is taking from some shadow force in his White House or in his party that is telling him what to do. He looks like somebody who's being told what to do and now is trapped in an office that he sought his whole life and doesn't know how to administer. 